0: Hey, everyone out there. How's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak. It's the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. My name's Jordan Anderson. This is my podcast, and I appreciate each of you, as always, for coming by and giving it a listen. Thank you so much for that. Really means the world to me. If this is your first time on Screenspeak, hit the follow button, hit the bell, so that way you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can always check out Screenspeak on its social media platforms, which is Instagram and Facebook. Definitely check that out. Try to post exclusive content on each of those. Give it some variety. And of course, you're welcome to reach out to myself, Jordan Anderson, at any given time, either on those social media platforms, or you can always reach out to the podcast email. All that information is in the description of this episode, so definitely check that out, and stick around after you listen to the episode to look at that stuff, because it's all good stuff. It's good stuff, man! It's good! (laughs) Okay, Uh, so on this episode, I'm chatting with a gentleman by the name of Blake Kellinger. Blake is a film major at the University of Iowa. He is a volunteer, or he was a volunteer, at the Cedar Rapids Independent Film Festival, and I got to tell you, from meeting him at that festival, I'm telling you people, this is one of the nicest, most jovial people I have met in recent memory. And, and jovial is not a word that I just throw around casually to somebody. And for those of you that might not know what it means, let me go ahead and do a Google of it. Jovial definition it means cheerful and friendly. And I really think cheerful, friendly, and just positivity is what this guy exudes on a daily basis, it seems like. Because all throughout the festival, when he was working and and interacting with the the guests, the filmmakers, uh, even myself... This guy just always had a smile on his face, and he was just so positive. His enthusiasm for movies and, frankly, life, I found to just be really infectious. And I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast. I-, I don't even care if he's a filmmaker, or if he's just a fan of movies. Like, this is just the kind of person that I would like to have a conversation with because sometimes, that sometimes I just like talking to people. It, it doesn't even have to be about movies and things like that. But of course, of course, we do that. Uh, in This episode, but sometimes I just get attracted to people where I'm like, I just really want to sit down and have a chat with you because you are an interesting person. And I found Blake to be very interesting. And I also just think that positivity, again, that I'm mentioning from him comes across so well in this episode. And I really, really enjoyed the conversation that we had. Uh, We talk about a lot of different things over the course of the episode. We talk about what we're eating for lunch because we are eating <laughs> during the episode, which isn't something typically that you do, but I, I was recording this during lunchtime and you know, I only had so much time to kind of get through it and do it. So I was like, ah, whatever. I'm going to go ahead and eat. I believe I have a corn dog in the episode. So if any of you corn dog fans out there, you can listen to me chewing away and, and that'll be pretty good, I guess. Blake has something a little more sophisticated. I think he tells me about that at the start of this episode. Um, But, of course, we talk more about uh, corndogs and food and whatnot. We actually talk about movies. Uh, We talk about a lot of the summer movies that are coming out or ones that are already kind of out because we're in the early onset of the summer movie season. Uh, we give some thoughts on Fast X. We give some thoughts on James Cameron, uh, some of his some of his working history with the Avatar series that's turning into. Uh, we talk about the WGA strike for a little bit, though I have a full episode coming out on that. Uh, here in the new, in the near future, it's a definitely a beefy episode. So stay on the, stay on the lookout for that. Uh, but we do touch on that a little bit as well as some other things, which I won't spoil because I want you to actually listen to the entirety of the conversation. So. Anyways, I don't really have anything else to say. I just, I really appreciated talking with Blake. I hope he comes back. I hope he does well with all his endeavors that he's working on in life. I think he's doing some cool stuff and I just really like this guy. So that's all I got to say. So sit back, enjoy yourself, enjoy your day. If, it, if you're listening to this while you're outside, because it's, it's beautiful out right now. I, I'm looking out the window and it's fantastic. It's hard to actually be behind a desk to tell you the truth when I'm doing this, uh, when it's so nice out. Uh, so if you're listening to this while you're outside, uh, enjoy yourself, enjoy the time. Uh, but again, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting screen speak. Really appreciate it. Enjoy this conversation with Mr. Blake Kellinger. No time like the present. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. You
1: know, it's been, uh myself i've been working at my uh my new job in uh, chicago i'm working for a post-production team really? for like commercials so uh the is known for like their food such as their snacks like oreos and goldfish
0: uh-huh. so
1: i get they're developing this new initiative program that i get to help like get a montage going like a commercials going so i've been working on like filing doing all that type of stuff i've been doing like two days a week so it's been been a little bit busy but you know what i can't complain how about you
0: what's new with you you know aside from eating this delicious corn dog which my viewers can't they they can't say it because i'm i'm eating lunch while we're talking about this (laughs) um you know (laughs) just just staying busy oh wait you have food too
1: (laughs) yeah nice what do you what do you got so, I used my Kodiak pancake mix and I made it like a bun. And then I put, nice. so my dad gave me the rest of his tamale in there. But I, I like my egg white. So, I did an egg white tamale bowl. And then I nice. put in two buns. So, then I'm going to put hot sauce on it. And I'm, I'm going to be careful when we're talking. So, because I know <laughs> the viewers are not going to understand, like, what is that kid doing? What is that sound? <laughs> What are those like,
0: like just just chewing sounds? I mean, I'm literally taking a bite of this corn dog right now, and I'm not editing it out. It's staying. Hey, you know what? We can be we can be
1: very sly, though, Jordan. We're very sly. We're two very sly people. No mm-hmm. one's gonna.
0: No, no one's gonna know. No, I mean that's part of the beauty of podcasts. I don't. I don't got video for this. I mean, I could eventually, but but not right now. No, no, exactly. You can literally wear pajamas right now, and you don't have to stress about it. Exactly. Uh, to, to to answer your question, like, what's new? So my day job is keeping me busy. It's actually why I'm like wearing like the the tie and get up and stuff. I don't typically <laughs> don't typically dress Uh-oh. like this all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, my day job's keeping me busy. And then honestly, screen speak. Ever since the festival, man, like it's it's been busy. Like, it's really been really fun. busy. Yeah, because I, I recorded a lot of content on site with a lot of those filmmakers um, and actors and writers and whatnot that were there. I think I got, like, like just about, like, nine episodes, I think, out of it or something oh. like that. What's that? Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, I got a lot of that. And honestly, it's no its no small part, thanks to yourself and the other volunteers, honestly, that were there. Because, like, you guys eventually, like, once you kind of start realizing, like, oh, like, we can, you know, tell these people, like, you know, Jordan's podcast is over here. You can talk to him and stuff. You guys developed a good system of doing that after the Q&A. Uh, so I felt like that really helped. Um, but, no, like, just between the content that I recorded there, um, I've had a few people uh, reach out to me since because they heard about the podcast through the festival, and so now between like yourself, I have other guests that I'm kind of bringing on, um you know. I did see that.
1: I was happy for you. I was like, "Oh my god, Jordan! Jordan's busy." Because I, I, I saw Chris on there. I saw, um I noticed another. there's like some of the filmmakers from the festival themselves. Like, yeah. I saw some of the guests. I'm like, Jordan's
0: keeping busy. I'm proud of him. That's that's thanks, incredible. man. That makes me so happy for you. I appreciate that because like dude the whole thing I, I tell people all the time that screen speak is really just a labor of love for movies, like at its core. I mean, I of course like have a focus aside from like interviewing people and having conversations about movies. I really tend to get into the nuances of films and how they really truly speak to us, like on our on our yeah. core, you know? Yeah. Um and so yeah, I just I None of it gets done without obviously the listeners and and people that take an interest in it. And I really, really strive for each episode to be as the best it can possibly be every single time.
1: Oh, I listened to some of your recent episodes, and they're fantastic. They're fantastic, and you really showed your quality and just your your passion. I mean, heck, heck I watched the live stream, uh, or the recorded live stream when you yeah get- Vince of the uh, prizes. It was just incredible. I, like, I, I enjoy your content so much. And it seems like a lot of viewers are really enjoying that content. Cause I've been seeing a lot of people following your account too. So you're like,
0: yeah, you're right now. I just, I, I, I wanted to just continue to come. I think my goal kind of for things going forward, Blake is just keep the content coming Still, don't lose sight of like what I have Screen Speak be all about, which ultimately is doing analysis of films and kind of really speaking to again how it connects to us on our personal level. Like that's the whole kind of core of the show. But I yeah. I think Criff also at the same time it's opening the door for Screen Speak to possibly go on the road for other festivals too. Um, I think that's something I'm exploring. There's there's a, there's two in particular that I kind of have my eyes on. I, I won't say which ones yet because I, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to jinx myself before like there's any confirmation on it, but yeah. uh, they're both they're both in the fall. I can tell you that like one's in September and one's in October. I
1: know. I think I know. I definitely know what you're talking about. The one in October, like <laughs> wink. I'm not wait wait say, <laughs> say either. Just you know, just keep it in good terms. But I know yeah. you because that is, that's a, that was actually something I wanted to mention too, is because yeah. that's a big one coming up in October. So
0: yeah, yeah
1: that'll be a great episode
0: for you so so yeah i mean like we'll we'll just kind of see because it just depends on how much time i have with it and on the back end of things too blake i'm really trying to work on this website for the podcast i've been slowly in the process of developing merch um so i can have like a merch store to sell things like that so i can make some money you know
1: oh yeah that's that's smart do you have like a um a website And that you're like connecting with, like I'm trying to remember how the whole like creating merch does, do- like because I know you have to collab collaborate with a
0: your mm-hmm. website, right? Or how's that? So I'm I'm building mine right now through Squarespace, uh, and 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 through Squarespace they have like merchant portals and things like that that you can kind of connect and build directly into your site, and so that way essentially what it would do is as long as you have like the designs uploaded for things and you're clear about like just all the quantities and things like that, you don't have to like mass order like a stock of like a thousand shirts sitting on standby. It's more just as needed. And this supplier essentially would take your designs and the material that you want and stuff, and they would ship it and take care of all that. Of course they get a cut of stuff, but still, I mean, that's, that's kind of the easier way of doing it.
1: (laughs) Like the easier way to do it, doing it, and especially like trying to get merch going. Like, because I know some people in my my school, like uh, some teachers, have their own merch going on. Which I'm like, how did they come up with the financing? How do they do that? Because I know there's some other ways, but I was like, trying- I
0: mean, there's and and I'm still learning some of those other ways too. It just it takes time for me to figure out not just the design of it, but it's like how do you price it. And then figure out how to communicate that to people and make it accessible for them. So between that, man, and it's just, you know, guest bookings and recording stuff and kind of future planning and trying to just treat it really as a business, um, It it's busy. It, it, it's busy, but in a good way. You know what, Jordan? happy for
1: you you sound really busy but like in the best way possible because you're kickstarting, you know the podcast getting the merch done like you are you know pushing really hard like it seems like this year is like your year of like oh god i hope so you know what you know what this is a great year for movies and just a great year in general with when it comes to like cinema i mean yes we have a lot of things going on
0: with like wga and then everything oh yeah so much going on so i recorded an episode about that really yeah one of my one of my buddies his girlfriend she uh she's a writer full-time uh not directly related for like uh movies and entertainment but she also does freelance work for npr the national public radio and she does like uh artist reviews and bands and things like that so i wanted to talk with her about it so that's an episode i have coming out soon and it's a it's a beefy one. It's a long one because we get into the weeds on everything with that strike. So I would tell my listeners right now, look out for that episode because if you want to really understand the strike just from an easy perspective, like not overly complex, but just really kind of get to the nitty gritty of what it's about and where we stand on it, look out for that episode. It's going to be good.
1: I will happily keep an, uh, keep an eye and ear out for that because... I have a lot of thoughts about the WGA and really everything going on, and there's a lot to it. oh yeah. There's like I think definitely the most active WGA event that I've seen so far because the the only the one that I'm very familiar with was the 2007 WGA. Yeah, and because I did some history research because like 2009 was definitely not the year for movies. It came with scripts because you got like X Men Origins Wolverine. What are you talking about? That movie's great. Okay, no, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, they're like, they're, you know what? They're movies that I—they're guilty pleasures of mine. Like, I, I enjoy them, even though they're not great. They're so yeah. entertaining. But I think it's interesting, kind of looking at the WGA and what it did, but this year because a lot of the actors and directors are like joining in. They're trying to get a not only a writers' guild but the actors' guild um yeah. there's you know, like it seems like they're really spreading which is definitely making me a little nervous about the future yeah cinema so it definitely makes me you know remin- like kind of think about ponder this and like what's gonna happen in the future so that is something that's very that's getting my brain working like i'm worried but at the same time i'm also encouraging like hey they everyone deserves you know equal love like writers deserve like the respect so do the actors and directors like i i saw like, a post recently like this guy's like oh writers make so much money like what are you talking about i'm like no they don't N- not at all like are you kidding me no not even actors get that well either like yeah they'll make big money big bucks like through M- marvel or something like that but yeah. look at indie films or like smaller budget films. Like they're not going to get that much money anyways. So no. <clears throat> but I think it's interesting. I think it's a very interesting topic, a very interesting time we're in too, especially for the world of cinema.
0: Abs- you know, absolutely. And what I would add on to just my quick thoughts about kind of what stands out to me most about the WGA strike, because like I said, I have a whole analysis coming, so I'm not going to go fully, fully down that road. Oh, <laughs> I think what stands out to me is one is the streaming issue because when the O7 strike was happening, streaming was kind of in its infancy. Like there was like Netflix doing like the DVD deliveries to your door. And there was maybe a couple others that were up and coming, but the, the landscape is completely different now. And what a lot of people don't understand for the writer's perspective, <clears throat> specifically series writers, that people that work on shows, the traditional model would be when broadcast television was kind of in its heyday, is you would have there be like a 20, 25-episode sitcom or something like that for a season. And writers would make a lot of their money on the residuals of that, being in the form of royalties for the amount of times that they would put it out there or do reruns, as it's commonly referred to. So that being said, you put the streaming model in and you run into a problem because A, streaming doesn't work like, like cable television. Once something's out there, a person can rerun it on their own as many times as they want, right? So that being said, too, the second and probably the biggest problem with that is that the streamers do not disclose that data to the filmmakers and the people that are in there. Hell, to the general public, they don't even share that info. So you, as the writer, if I wrote something for a Netflix series or something... I'm gonna have not any real idea how well it's doing performance-wise because Netflix and all these other places are so tight guarded with their stuff, and the 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 narrative I think around that is that they're basically doing that because they don't want to be so uh, so forthcoming with profits because then they got to pay out more money to to the writers. Now that's just a, a theory. I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah. And then the, and then the, the the second thing I would just add on to that really quick is. Yeah you know talking about the money side of things as well you have to understand that writing in general i mean it's a it's a gig based economy so like you're kind of jumping from job to job and if you don't have salary minimums and good workplace conditions and these things that are regularly mandated and controlled then you sort of just have chaos and you don't have consistency and these people have kids and you know these people have families and stuff and they can't make a living out of it and so what i is happening right now is i just think we're in a time where the negotiations are a little steeper because of the factor of streaming along with a lot of other things including ai and all that other crap but but this is my last thought and then we'll keep going is the money to me is out there so the money is out there to pay the writers i don't think it's going to be as much as what they are asking for right now i think they're going to have to come down but I yeah. don't think it's like impossible to do a lot of the things that they're asking for. That's what I'll say.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all your points there. That's a really great. Um, I won't, you know, keep running this down the
0: mud since you have, you already have analysis coming
1: out soon. But
0: yeah, and I had to do a lot of research to figure this stuff out too. I didn't just know about it. No, exactly. Like yeah. I could tell
1: you definitely did your research because I you know, very. I think with this type of situation or this type of event happen- happening, is important to do your research because that's. Mm-hmm. It always felt like the whole writing, like in the, the writing society and just really the writer's guild, it, it's so, like, not janky, but very not that stable because with payments and everything, like, I think that's a great point you made about the rerun That's why writing through television for me. It's like, I don't mind if I do that. Yeah, sure, I won't mind it. But I can't even imagine, like, the whole, like, money and just how that works. Like, that just sounds so complicated. And with streaming, I think that's a great point you made about streaming. Because I generally did not, didn't never thought of it like that. I'm like, oh, okay, like, right. yeah, okay. But I didn't, didn't even think about the actual production side, especially with payments. Like, I never right. do that.
0: I think in general, too, like regardless of the WGA or whatever the union is, entertainment industry, especially the importance of unions is actually, I think, a lot more so than other industries because of the of the general uh, environment of work where, you know, you're kind of going from job to job. As I said, maybe you get a series or like a franchise and like you can keep working on that for years, but it's not nearly as stable as other things. So you need there to be a general uh so that there are not unfair things happening to these people that give us all the entertainment that we love
1: yeah absolutely i feel like not just writers but everyone that works uh, like the whole crew and crew itself cast and crew deserve that love and shouldn't be shamed or under under uh paid or anything because they all they're, they're all giving you know their efforts into cinema itself. So I think, it studios need to um, see that. And, like just like support people. Just support like right. fellow, uh, fellow brothers and sisters in the cinema, in the cinema field because it's not an easy field. And I think no, deserve, no, it's not. <laughs> they deserve the treatment, the the right treatment when it comes to that. Like right? I think that's a huge thing, especially like. Um, very quick. Uh, I know Chad Stahinski just came out about how there should be a, a reward, an awards ceremony, or an award selection for um, Academy Awards for stunt uh, stunt performances. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm like, you know, if other people say that, that would sound like a little like oh, they're fooling themselves. But that's actually a good. After seeing John Wick Chapter Four, it makes me think like these people are risking their lives for us to be entertained and they don't really, a don't get a lot of acknowledgement and B don't get as well as don't get paid as well as others. And honestly, something for me when I grew up, when I was thought like, Oh, there's stunt corn, there's stunt people like taking place of the actors. Like And mm-hmm. I think of it as like, Oh, they're just being lazy. But then, as I got older, I started realizing that, mm-hmm. hey, this is actually a real job that people are making money off, and that's actually some being supported. So, yeah, if an actor does do their own stunts, that's huge. But yep. <clears throat> stunt, stunt actors deserve the same love too. And that's something that made me appreciate, yeah. some, especially John Wick's series.
0: I would I would definitely echo the sentiments of just what Chad Stahelski said as you said we're giving the academy level of praise for um, stunt performers yeah. uh, because as you rightfully said they risk their lives um, they have to rehearse immensely and pr- train a ton to be able to even assumingly physically do some of the stuff if that's the world of stunts you're talking about but then yeah. you also have to know there's car stunts too there's all kinds of different stunts and I would also say too, we can't forget that the ones that do it well, the ones that do it really well, it serves the story. Like, it's not just action sake for action's sake. Like, they're even thinking, how would this character move through this environment? Like, does it speak well to that? It's like, you have to understand that there's nuances to the stunts, and it's not just somebody, you know, getting their ass kicked or something like that. It's 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 well thought out and planned. And again, I would also say, too, that we also have to keep in mind that technologically speaking, these people are trying to innovate as well. So they come up with different ways to innovate technology, whether it's like pulleys or wires or all the different things that kind of go into that because that's all stunt work too. It's not just special effects. No, that's like, that's more than just special effects, which
1: like, honestly, I feel like everyone deserves equal love because I feel like lately, not just writers, but also VFX artists have not been getting the the right treatment, like especially the whole controversy surrounding Marvel and their VFX artists and how everyone's been criticizing the VFX for some of the recent Marvel projects. And then I'm like, well, there's actually a reason behind it. And VFX artists have come out and say, like, they're overworked, they're overtired. Because VFX, and, and so is, you know, stunts. Like, making movies in general isn't easy. So I especially like working for currently working at post production crew right now it's all about organization treating your coworkers right and then you can produce something great and then you know big companies are like just using it as a machinery it's not that's not how it works
0: I would also say uh, do you ever watch uh there's a YouTube channel it's the the corridor digital crew the they're VFX, a uh, VFX artist react you ever my watch that series favorite. yes my <laughs>
1: channel i I watch them daily like they're my favorite <laughs>
0: Well, one of the one of the things I really like that that they say on there, and I've I've noticed it be a common thread when they've had several different VFX artists from like Weta Digital or some of these big in-house names. And they'll maybe look at some movie that has, you know, what's considered to be crap special effects, and of course they'll have a laugh at it and it's a good time. But then a lot of the time it's like, well, why wasn't it better? Right. They ask. And the answer I feel like a lot of the time is just purely we ran out of time. Yeah, because it's not that it's like it's impossible to make it look better, but it's like every production has a set schedule. They have a set time and eventually the deadline is the deadline and you have to cut corners and it is what it is sometimes.
1: Yeah. And you know what? There is a company. Uh, well, whenever I think about VFX artists, like and then taking their time, I think James Cameron, despite, you know, sometimes, you know, he makes a lot. of comments and statements i'm like oh it seems a little like a little much mm. sometimes but one thing i will appreciate about this man is that he doesn't listen to the studio he he's like the movie ready when it's ready and it's not going to be like the whole cyberpunk 2077 when they're like it'll be ready when it's ready and then they push it out and it was totally not ready it was not fully prepared but with avatar that movie was like it was ready. It was like good to go. Mm-hmm. Their time, they're like, let's perfect the visual effects before we do anything. And sure enough, the movie got Academy Award for best visual
0: effects. Yeah, like, don't yeah. don't don't bet don't bet against uh, against James Cameron. I mean, I I saw I saw that sentiment being sent around there because, and and I found it was funny when Avatar Two got released, especially because I'm sure you saw over the years. It had almost become become kind of an internet joke or things to kind of just dump on Avatar. Just be like, oh, people don't care about it. it people already forgot about the stupid blue people. Ugh. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, guess what? That box office number is going to sure shut you up because yeah. it looks like a lot of people came out to see it. 2.4 billion dollars. Like, come on, Well, yeah. close to 2.4 billion,
1: but still, like, that's really, it's the third highest grossing movie of all time. Like,
0: yeah, it's yeah, like, I'm, ab- I'm absolutely uh, a supporter of Cameron. I would agree like anybody else. He's not perfect. Sometimes yeah. he can be like neurotic. He can say stupid things. Everybody's guilty of that, but I will always respect him as an artist and somebody that pushes people to succeed. Um, and that might mean I mean, I could easily see that guy being an asshole to work with. I could see it, <laughs> but that- again, that- like if I know the intention and I, and I know where it's at, Sometimes that's what it takes. It's what it yeah. takes.
1: You know what? And that's something that I've learned so much is like separate the person from the artist because yeah. yeah, I like the person. That's totally okay. Uh, but as an artist, you can't deny that they brought so much to the table. Like, yeah, James Cameron is a visual arts, like a visual, a visual effects like master. Like he knows how to make visual effects. Like Terminator Two. The first Avatar, like look at the, his filmography, and he knows how to utilize visual effects the proper way. Like Stanley Kubrick is a great example of like someone that's very difficult to work with, but
0: yeah,
1: <clears throat> do something so high quality and something very like bold, and people remember him for that. So yeah, you don't have to be, like yes, I do. Uh, I do believe like you know respecting others and like. Being equal. And yeah, sometimes no one's perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect director or a perfect writer or actor or anyone like that. But if they're fully committed into the roles and really produce something like mass and fantastic, like for D, yeah. then that's all that matters. I think <clears throat> I think the big thing noticing now is the flash with the whole as of the middle. Miller controversy surrounding and i'm like yeah (laughs) yes i have opinions about that but the only reason why i'm gonna go see the movies because you could tell they put their blood and sweat into the effects like the acting like i like the character a lot i like what they're doing here like I will support the movie when I see, like, there is something to be supported for. Unless unless it's something really horrible that I'm like, oh, no. Like, if, like, for example, Harley Weinstein suddenly comes back and then produces. (laughs) No, 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 no. You know,
0: the the, the Ezra Miller thing is an interesting one. I mean, that's something you can easily go down the rabbit hole on. Um, I think a couple of things that stand to mind for my thoughts on it is one. I'll still be curious to see how the movie performs because I know that the film community at large and people that pay attention to this stuff they are that we're all fully aware of what Ezra has been reported doing and like we see all that but I do think there's a lot of people that aren't. And so the studios being smart and they're not, you know, of course going out of their way to be like hey Ezra did all this stuff, <laughs> you know. So I still think there's a lot of the mass audience that either may not know about it or frankly may not care because they're going to see Michael Keaton being back as Batman and there's a lot of other draws to the movie. Um, And then the other thing that I think you made a point on, and I think this it's not the first time that this has happened, is... When a large- scale production like this has controversy or something go wrong with it, the the one that always stands out to mind for me is Bohemian Rhapsody, The Queen movie. Oh, yeah, because of Brian Singer and all the accusations with him and like the thirteen year old boys. I mean, bad, bad stuff. But then it's like, you know, potentially, you could say thousands of people worked on that movie. And there's people that rehearsed. and and they, as you said, they gave everything to the project. So it's like, It's a really tricky decision sometimes to just be like, oh, yeah, like, do you just kind of sever and cut your losses with it? Or do you honor the work of the other people and put it out there? And sometimes, I mean, that decision's not always clear, man. Like, I I would hate to be uh, Warner Brothers and the DC people trying to figure out this Ezra Miller mess. It's terrible.
1: I know. It's horrible. It's like, I think the whole Ezra Miller and the Ezra Miller situation. And then there's the Amber Heard situation with Aquaman. Oh,
0: geez yeah
1: i think i think honestly if you want to dedicate a whole episode surrounding that just controversy of like actors like that whole like rabbit hole of actors or like like people getting into just the controversy surrounding like cast and the effects of how how the film has its effects i think that's i think it'd be very interesting like Oh, it's an
0: that's an easy, easy topic to to definitely talk and kind of get into the complexities of it. Cause oh, yeah. it's it's not, I mean, I think a lot of people wish it was like cut and dry, where it's like this person did bad thing, therefore don't support, and they're done. It's ugh, it's not it's not always that easy. I'm not trying to be neutral on it, but oh. there's a lot of things that are involved with that even being there in the first place. But that's I, the- so I, I got a few minutes left here with you. I realize uh, we don't have all the time in the world on here, man. But no, I, I, oh, it's fine. I, no, I. But I did. I did want to ask you: uh, What summer movies are you excited for? Have you seen any? Because you know, Fast, Fast X is out. Oh, I know. Oh
1: my goodness! So Fast I, X. I, I
0: just. I just saw it last night.
1: Oh okay. Quick thoughts. How do you feel about it?
0: uh okay (laughs) fast and furious is a complicated franchise to explain because it's so storied and it's certainly i would definitely say has become a joke by a lot of people's standards here's what i'll say very quick review if you will i think the movie is terrible (laughs) okay now as a film like it's just it's bad like there's Bad writing, laughable performances, stupid physics. I mean, this is not something that Fast and Furious fans are not surprised by at this point. Yeah. Uh, pretty much from 7 on, it's kind of been a joke of how much more over the top can this thing get. That said, there is this weird thing when I watch the movie where it's like, even though like there's so much of it that's bad, like I still laugh at it. And like, like it's so bad, it's kind of comical to me. And then yeah. there is still characters in there that I care about since the first movie. So even though like it's like on a film on a lot of levels, it's stupid. It doesn't mean it's not entertaining. So that's yeah. that's what I would say about that. Okay, because see, the last
1: Fast and Furious movie I watched was Fast Nine, and to me, that might be the worst Fast and Furious movie in my. Opinion. This one, this one's a little
0: better. That's not yeah. saying. That's not saying much but it's a no. little better.
1: <laughs> it, that's a big pod. That's what I've been hearing too. So that's actually a movie I am trying to go see this summer. Um, because you know what? I'm, I'm a sucker for Fast and Furious movies. Dude, I've, you know, I've been yeah. in it since
0: 2001. They can take my money. Like I got to see it through to the end. Exactly. Listen,
1: <laughs> I, I may hate it fast nine, but I'll still go
0: support and see
1: the, the series and see what <laughs> happens. But I don't know. I'm very curious on what's going to happen, but to your question earlier, when it came with like movies that are coming out this summer,
0: there's yeah. so
1: many. And I made a poll recently on my Instagram and asking people what are the big movies that you're looking forward to. And I'm not kidding you, I felt like like a lot of my followers, a lot of my friends who follow my account said mm-hmm. Barbie. Like Barbie's like the yeah, most anticipated movies of summer this year. And you know what? It's mine too. Like right? I'm honestly very excited for Barbie. I can't explain to you why, but there's some <laughs> there's something about it that tracks me yeah. to be like, yeah, I kind of want to see it because it looks it looks hilarious. I love the teasers. I love the posters. Yeah. it's <clears throat> it like it's it knows what it's doing, and it's Greta Gerwig with Noah bombback Like yeah, working. so. They're a great duo team, so I'm hoping it's a good movie. But there's just a lot of movies though, like Spider. We're getting Spider Verse two. That's like, see, if I could pick five movies, just five movies, really quick, um, that I'm very excited for for this summer. It's it's there's nothing in order of excitement, but these are just five movies I'm really excited for. It's uh, Spider Man across the Spider Verse, Oppenheimer, (laughs) Barbie, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Okay. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I don't care what people say. The Flash, like those are my five most anticipated <clears> of the summer. But what about you, Jordan? What's movies that got you excited for the summer?
0: Oh God, I mean, kind of similar to you. There is quite a bit that I'm excited about. I think some are some of the obvious that you mentioned. Um, you know, some of those big ones. Uh, I'm looking actually at a list right now, so I'm just gonna kind of rapid fire the ones that got me going. Okay. Yeah uh one not at all a big movie but i'm a stand-up comedy guy and bert Kreischer has a movie called the machine coming out uh yeah. i think it looks funny and completely stupid so i want to see that uh you mentioned yeah. spider verse 2 definitely got to agree with you on that oppenheimer for me might be one of my bigger ones just because i'm a sucker for christopher nolan um oh. I'm I'm looking at the list as well. I, I'll still I'll still see the flash. I'm not like overly excited about it. I do want to see the new Indiana Jones movie, despite the the bad press that's been getting at the Cannes Film Festival. I try to just still make up my own opinion. Yeah. Um and then I guess, yeah, the Barbie movie too. Um, but I don't think it's really excitement for me for that one, as more so just I'm really curious about it because it's it's unconventional to say the least that they're taking Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, who are historically indie filmmakers for sure, you know, that they don't really tackle big studio IPs like this. So I'm very curious what they are allowed to do on the movie, I guess. Um, And then the one, there's one more I'm looking at on here. I'm seeing if it's on the list. I don't know if it is. Um, I guess if I'm looking for a third one just off the cuff, Equalizer 3. But I don't know if that's actually summer or not. That might be later on in the year. Um, it's September first. Would would they still yeah. consider as summer? Because that's what a lot of people
1: are saying.
0: But I'm like, yeah.
1: Is yeah, that counts. I feel like that would count, right?
0: That one is pure, like just purely. I like seeing Denzel in movies. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think the second one was good at all. But I I'm just like, ah, like, eh, Denzel. Like whatever. I like him. I'll see it.
1: It looks better. It looks better to me. Like I feel like what they're doing with the third one looks more interesting than what the yeah. second did. But something that I... Uh, really quick, too. Like, I'm on rapid fire as well. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about The Little Mermaid, which honestly shocked me. Yeah. A lot. I think I'm more curious in seeing how that movie is going to turn out. Because I haven't seen a good Disney live-action remake since The Jungle Book 2016. That's to me is like... All the other remakes have either been fine to be like, oh my god, this is terrible, but I, I really, I will go see it just to, out of curiosity. I know I shouldn't, but I, I'll see it just to see it. Um, another movie, I, I'm glad you mentioned The Machine because I totally, I forgot yeah. that's coming <laughs> Friday, which I really want to see. Um, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. Mayhem. That's actually something I'm excited for because that is it's the director who gave us Gravity Falls. Like he was one of the writers on that show. And I love Gravity Falls. And just the animation itself and like what they're doing with it looks so fascinating to me that got me got me excited. Yeah. And there was one more movie. Oh yeah, Indiana Jones. I yeah. I don't care what the price is saying, it seems like Harrison Ford loved working on this film. And you know what? I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I don't think it's good. I don't think... Here's the thing. About the fifth film, fifth Indiana Jones movie, it's not going to... It'll definitely be better than The uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I can guarantee you that. I feel like it will be better. I don't think it'll compete with the first three films. Like, those are, like, iconic and classic. It's hard to top that. But I'll still go support Indiana Jones because it still looks entertaining. And really quick, too, because I know we're running out of time. Uh, DreamWorks is dropping a new animated movie called Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. And it's a new animated movie about this, cra- this 16-year-old girl who's secretly a kraken teenager. Yeah, it sounds silly, but they may- they're they making the mermaids the bad guys in the film. And Oh, and, okay. And apparently the main villain looks like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. So for me, I'm like i'm pretty excited for that because i'm like okay so dreamworks is taking some shots at disney and i'm liking it so i don't know i don't know how good the movie's gonna be but dreamworks have been dropping bangers recently with uh the bad guys Puss in boots the last wish so i'm very curious what they're gonna do with this one and i forgot elementals coming out but yeah honest with you, i'm losing i'm kind of getting a little Pixar out i'm sorry like, I'm, I'm
0: trying to get into pixar again but i don't know it, anim- animated movies last thing i'll say and then we got to wrap this up um yeah. i'm always behind on animated movies and I, and I i can admit in hindsight it's because i don't have any kids um yeah. sometimes i kind of just get turned off from like overly kiddie material because i'm just like i it's it's not i'm not the audience for that and I guess I'm just like an old crusty asshole. Like I just don't like to, to watch all these like kid movies. Um but I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of those uh I do want to see. And I do agree though that Pixar's heyday is behind them. Uh maybe they could return to form on that, you never know. And they've delivered so many good ones over the years that I don't like cry myself to sleep if a disappointing one comes out or even a mediocre one, it happens. Um, but like I gotta wrap this up with you. Um I love talking with you. You are easily somebody I could spend a lot of time talking with, so I may have to have you back. And I also just want to add on this before we leave. You have such terrific energy just as a person. And I, and, and I don't know if like people tell you that ever, but I, I wanted you to hear it from me and that like of all the volunteers and whatnot, like you we're easily like a person where I'm like, this guy just like walks with like a sense of joy of life and everything like that. And I really hope that you don't lose that man. Cause it's, it's infectious.
1: Thank Jordan. You have no idea how much that really meant to me. And for you saying that, thank you so much for telling me that. Cause that, that, that literally made my day. Thank you, Jordan. No, seriously. Like it just, it's great. What's the point of being crabby? Like that's, that's what I was raised on. Like, Just be grateful with what you have and just enjoy the little things. And, you know, just have fun. And I love talking movies. I'm a big movie guy. I'm so happy to be on and just talking to you about movies and everything going on. So, Jordan, thank you for having me. I would love to come back.
0: Absolutely, man. You take care of yourself. Keep on the work. I want to hear more about that post production stuff that you're doing because that sounds cool. And we'll definitely talk later. Okay. (laughs) I'll contact you. I'll
1: contact you and tell you more about that. But thank you so much, Jordan. It's great to be on here. All right. Sounds good, buddy. We'll see ya. Yeah, see you later. Have a good one.